The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Welcome to the Three Down Nation podcast. This is John Hodge. We thank you as always for joining us. This week we are foregoing our regularly scheduled programming to bring you some very exciting interviews from the CFL's off-season winter meetings up in the mountains of Alberta. Justin Dunk, our very own reporter, is on site conducting interviews with members of all nine CFL teams as well as, of course, CFL Commissioner Randy Ambrosi. We will be posting a select number of these interviews to our podcast feed, but don't fret if you miss the regular show. We'll be back for our regular programming with myself, Justin, and J.C. Abbott on Wednesday, January 18th. In the meantime, enjoy the select interviews we post, and we'll talk to you again soon. Twenty twenty three CFL winter meetings one on one with Saskatchewan Rough Riders general manager Jeremy O'Day. Jeremy, very curious how your off season has started. A lot of talk after Saskatchewan hosted the Grey Cup, Rough Riders weren't in it. But are you all past that now and on to twenty three? Um yeah. I mean you, you still have to look back and see uh, what went wrong and you're still you know, you're going through that. But most of that stuff happened uh, shortly after the season where you have your exit interviews with not only the players but the coaches and um, really once uh, once a couple of weeks there goes by you really just kind of focus on 2023 and trying to improve um, the situation that we haven't been in in a while and um, obviously something that we weren't super excited about so we're focusing on uh, getting back on track and putting ourselves in better position going into the playoffs. You're a pretty mild-mannered guy I don't think you get too high or too low but what was that season like to go through in the fishbowl or the hotbed or however you want to put it of Regina and the province of Saskatchewan? Yeah, it's tough. You know, I've been there a long time. I've been through some some good and bad seasons. I think it's a lot different as a player when you're uh, when you're playing football. Yeah, you play a football game and uh, you know you take the night and then you get start preparing for the next week. But um, when you're in uh, when you're a coach, when you're in administration. Um, you know the weeks are they're they're long. You can't wait to get to the next game, um, but uh, it's tough. But uh, it's something that I fully understand. Uh, I think all of our staff understands that you got to take the the bad with the good. And I said, you know, in Saskatchewan, it, it, uh, football really matters. And uh, whether you're at the at the gas uh, station pumping gas and someone wants to give you some advice or you're uh, at the grocery store, um, you got you got to understand that that's just the uh, uh, the atmosphere in Saskatchewan, right? And so you can't uh, be excited when you're winning and telling people patting you on the back uh, in those situations. 
uh, and when it's not going well, they're they're going to give you their two cents, which is which is great too. But um, you know, it's a good thing to have high expectations. That uh, the expectations is to win, and um, that's certainly something that uh, that you want to be involved with uh, a place where the expectation is to win, and and uh, we certainly know that. I would imagine the people at the gas station and the grocery store had a lot of questions about Cody Fajardo in 2022 and potentially going forward. But let's look back for a minute. The issue that he dealt with, lower body, the knee injury that he played through. Looking back on it now, and you know, talking to Craig Dickinson, do you guys think it would have been better to have him rest? I know he was adamant to play through it, but do you look back on that now and sort of use that for a view into the future, or how do you analyze that? Yeah, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of things that went on through the season that you can look back uh, from a 2023 lens and look back and say, you know, what could we have done differently? Um, certainly a big strength of Cody is being able to use his legs uh, and when that's uh, when that's hindered or it's slow, if he's slowed down with uh, moving in the pocket or getting out of the pocket something that's very valuable to him um, it certainly makes it tough on him I think we we were uh, we were all uh, aware of it and understanding of it um, certainly uh, impacted his mobility and, and something that's a big part of his game right so uh, looking back maybe that's a situation where we could have uh, it's so tough when you're dealing with uh, professional athletes and a guy that's such a competitor uh, which Cody is um, just wants to play and continue to play through it um, you know I, I can remember in my own career having the same injury uh, and push and try to get back a little bit too early and and, and regretting coming back a little bit too early so um, I think that uh, it's it's certainly a valid point um, certainly something that we should consider whether um, uh, whether at that time we should have sat him down for a couple weeks, but again, it's tough when you're dealing with uh, pro professional athletes, and he's he says I'm ready to go, and he wants to go with the knee brace. Then you certainly don't want to uh, not let him play. But um, there's sometimes you gotta you do have to kind of keep guys' helmets away from him. That was the last year of Cody's contract expires in mid-February, just like a bunch of other free agents. Have you had conversations with him about signing an extension with the team, or where is that at? We haven't. Um, we have pretty limited conversations with Cody, to be honest with you. Um, obviously, I uh, talked to him a couple times in the exit interview. Craig's actually reached out to him and talked to him over the phone, and I believe our offensive coordinator that we just hired, Kelly Jeffries, has also had some communication with him. Um, I expect that those those talks will, will increase over the next uh, few weeks, and so we can uh, get an understanding of, uh, of where he's at and also where we're at. Do you expect him to try free agency? Do you, do you think he'll hit it from your perspective, or would you like to re-sign him before that comes? Um, those are those are things that we haven't determined yet. Um, I think that uh, those are still some of the questions that we'll ask as we get closer here. Um, he needs to know where we kind of stand, and also he, we need to know uh, what his expectations are. I know that uh, right after the season, sometimes you say, Say things that uh, when it's still fresh and and there's always some uh, time period where you have to uh, really just uh, take a step back um, and uh, have some time away, uh, and I think that 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 time is going to do some good things for us. Another one of the big free agents that you have upcoming is Duke Williams. You signed him to that big contract. He had injury issues, especially towards the end of the season. Is he a guy that you'd like to bring back to Ryderville? Um, we're we're still having conversations on. On, on a couple of our players on whether we'll offer them back or not. I know uh, it's a tough situation for Duke. Um, people don't know that he was injured very early in the season and was really fighting through some, some nagging injuries uh, until he had the, the really the ankle that really caused him to kind of shut it down. So um, 
you know, it, it's it's always tough when you sign a big contract. It's obviously well publicized the uh, the contracts and the numbers, and um, you know, from a from a fan perspective or a media perspective, and uh, and even our perspective when you when you put a big contract at the end of the year, everyone wants to look was the was the contract valued right? So. Um, it's just the, the nature of it. I think a lot of players are rewarded for their, their year before, and sometimes you'll see guys that take a step back um, because they didn't have the year they wanted. Um, but again, a uh, really good player. Um, we're still having some conversations with, with uh, what we're going to do at that spot. One of the bright spots of the 2022 season for the Rough Riders had to be Keen Schaefer Banker. Had almost 1,000 yards. I think he was really close. He's had a number of NFL workouts now. Do you believe he signs an NFL contract? And if so, do you think he'd be can make an impact down there. Well, I think first of all, he's a heck of a player. He's a he's a, uh, a tall, long, strong, young receiver. I think you look at him. I think he's still 24 years old, um, and what he's been able to do uh, in the CFL is pretty remarkable for for someone that's that young coming out of U Sports. And um, this year, he just really established himself even more. I think um, you know you look at some players and you always talk about their sophomore year, their second year, and he actually escalated his his play and. Um, it's really been a pleasure to, to watch. I think his his value is just that he's he's such a good player in traffic and so good with the ball after he catches it. Right, his his yak yards and uh, how hard he runs. Um, you don't see that uh, when you're looking at him, and then he catches the ball. He's just hard to bring down. And um, something that's really respected by me is when the receivers catch it and run with it. Um, and he does a really good job of that. Competes for the. Uh, the 50-50 balls, and and uh, I think he runs well enough. So um, certainly fits the physical physical part of it. Um, certainly is young enough to, to get an opportunity. He's had a number of uh, NFL workouts in the double digits now, um, and usually uh, when you have that many workouts uh, that happen, then it only takes one team uh, to provide that opportunity. So um, right now we're not aware that he's been offered. Um, but again, he's worked out for a number of teams, and he still has some that are that are still going on. Is he a guy that was hard to evaluate coming out of university because he didn't have that production? And I'm kind of curious how you do that as yeah. a pro evaluator. Yeah, I'll give a lot of credit to uh, Kyle Carson, our uh, our assistant uh, GM. Um, Kyle was very high on on, on Keenan and, and kept bringing him up through the draft process. And because he, he kept bringing him up uh, on a regular basis, we spent a lot of time watching him. We really did. I'm not just making it up because it was a good pick later in the draft. But um, what we we thought um, is we, we, we didn't think that he had a lot of opportunity to, to have a lot of production um, in, in, in his, at, his, at U Sports and for various reasons. Um, but what we noticed is that uh, he's never discouraged. He never uh, he never showed it uh, if the ball didn't come his way or if it was an inaccurate throw, and he just kept working. Um, had a really good East-West uh, game that we that we saw. Um, didn't run a 40 in in the regional combine. If you remember, um, that combine was actually shut down um, right at the end of it. And so uh, I firmly believe that Keenan would have actually went on to the main combine that year, uh, but we didn't have it. Um, so we were fortunate throughout that process to uh, uh, maybe slip one through the cracks there or, or sneak one by the goalie there with, uh, uh, with him because he certainly didn't get to, to show it at the, at the larger combine. And um, I really think that, that he would have went through because he had, a, he had a good regional combine. He didn't run his 40, but I think he would have advanced, um, which probably would have led us not to getting him uh, where we did in the draft.
He had a great year despite the offensive line having a not so great year. They gave up a league high in sacks. I forget the exact number. I think it was in the 70s. Is that really an area of focus for you, especially with your background playing offensive line? Yeah, 100%. Like, um, you know, I say it every year, the biggest uh, the biggest factor in, uh, in football is the offensive line. And I think that it's... Um, it's not a coincidence that our year went the way it was with the season that we had up front. Um, what's, what's a little more difficult is, is, is really just evaluating them as, uh, as individuals, making sure that we don't uh, paint them all in the same picture, right? Because it was as a group we struggled. Um, but I do think we still have some good offensive linemen up front um, that we have to make some tweaks to. Um, and uh, I think that uh, one of the things we learned going through our, our coaching hires this year and talking to uh, coaches from other teams is uh, it's probably not as bad as we we think it is and uh, it wasn't uh, like our, our offensive linemen were getting uh, manhandled in certain positions and, and beat on a consistent basis but they were all taking turns um, and the reality is uh, as an offensive lineman if uh, you have two or three bad ga- plays in a game you've had a bad game right so just needs to be consistent they need to uh, play at a more consistent level and, and not take turns. Um, and there's a lot of factors that go into it, but there, there is, uh, there, there's no doubt that we need to be better up front. Is there some guys that we haven't heard about maybe on the practice roster or that you've signed already this offseason that could help you out, especially at tackle? Yeah, we've, uh, we've, we've got off to a good start. We've signed a couple NFL draft picks that we're excited about. Um, really excited about Gerald Hawkins that we signed. That's a, a NFL batter four or five years that played at LSU. Um, and we've got a couple of those guys signed. Um, it's it's a it's a an area of focus for us. Um, we're con- concentrating real hard on our negotiation list of trying to get offensive linemen. But it's no secret that that all the t- other teams are doing the same thing. It's a position that's uh, the supply doesn't really fit the demand, and, and not necessarily just in our league, but but in all leagues. Uh, certainly a challenge with the other leagues uh, coming in is. Um, you know they're they're filling their rosters as well, and guys are making decisions to stay in the states. But we're all in the same boat. It's our job to to improve in that area. It's certainly an area that we're trying to get better at. The guy with maybe the most uh, starry name, so to speak, was on your team last year. Would be Charleston Hughes. I think a lot of people would be curious about his future. He was in Saskatchewan, and Toronto comes back. It seems like played a, a leadership role there on the team in 2022. Maybe didn't play as much as he wanted, but. What do you see for his future? Have you talked contract with him? Do you think he'll be back? Do you think he's leaning towards retirement? Where do you think that's at? No, I definitely don't think he's leaning towards retirement. Um, we're still having discussions. We'll keep uh, the discussions that we had uh, with Charleston. We certainly have already talked to him, um, kind of in, res- in respect to Charleston and, and who he is and what he's meant to our team and, and our league. Um, talk about a, a Hall of Famer uh, instantly, right? Well, I think out of respect for him, we'll keep those conversations just uh, between us. And um, obviously, after free agency, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that. But um, yeah, he he definitely took on a uh, more of a leadership role, a coaching role. He's he's definitely got a future in football, and and uh, uh, his his amount of knowledge uh, playing playing the game and what he's learned over the years is 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 really remarkable. Um, I just got a lot of respect for Charleston as a player and, and a person. Now on the other end of the spectrum, a guy younger in his career would be Mason Fine. Started at the end of the year for you guys. Is he somebody that you envision could develop into a starter in this league? Could he even be the starter for you guys in 2023 going into training camp? What do you see for his potential? 
Yeah, um, we, we think highly of him. He's a, obviously a very, uh, very productive college player. Um, threw for a ton of yards at North Texas and someone that we had on our negotiation for a long, list for a long time. And so um, he did some good things when he got in there and there's some things that he could, could be better at. And really it's going to be um, kind of the, the fit between uh, our quarterback, quarterback and our offensive coordinator. And, and they'll have, he'll have a lot of, lot of say in that position. Um, I certainly think he has a chance. Um, again, it's about opportunity. Um, as I said before, uh, you know, our star quarterbacks weren't stars until they got an opportunity to play. Um, whether we, we go into the season uh, without a veteran quarterback is, is yet to be determined. I think that, um, you know, from my perspective and Coach Dickinson's perspective, we'd like to, to have the veteran quarterback there um, just to, to have a guy that's, that's been there and done that. But we're also we're, we're not afraid to, uh, to go another route where it gives a guy an opportunity um, uh, to become the next uh, star quarterback. A lot of intrigue at that position, Jerry. Everybody will be watching to see what happens with the Rough Riders QB spot, but thanks for sharing some perspective at the Word of Meanings in the mountains. For sure. Appreciate it. Thanks, Justin. Appreciate it. Twenty twenty three winter CFL meetings one on one with Saskatchewan Rough Riders head coach Craig Dickinson, who's been teaching me a little bit about snow and the mountains <laughs> and cross country skiing, downhill skiing, snowboarding. I feel like this gets talked about you know, a little bit, but you're really into this, like, you're good. And apparently there's some other CFL people that are maybe even better? Yeah, there's a, there's a small little group in the CFL that likes to get out and ski and snowboard. Killam from Calgary is a really good snowboarder. Old Pete from Toronto, Costanza, he knows how to ride. I think Dinwiddie knows how to ride. So, you know, one thing, if you live in Canada, you coach in the CFL, about six months of the year, you got this white stuff on the ground, so you might as well figure out how to enjoy it. Yeah, might as well make fun hey, of it, right? Might as well, when in Rome, right? Yeah. Learn how to ski. You live in Canada. <laughs> you got to navigate some of the bumps on the mountains, and that'll be the way that I'll talk about the offensive coordinator search that the Rough Riders had from the outside, and I want to get your perspective on this, obviously. You had some people um, that sort of turned you down, maybe didn't want to interview for the position, want to stay with the teams where we're at. They interviewed with you. There were some other guys that, that turned it down. Ultimately, you land on Kelly Jeffrey. What was that process like for you on the inside, and how do you think it was viewed correctly or incorrectly from the outside? Yeah, well, I think the one thing I learned, Justin, from that is you probably, when you have a job to fill, you probably better just throw a wide net. And what I mean by that is we liked a couple of guys, three or four that we liked, and I just didn't, you know, and I liked, I've been coaching up here a long time, so I know a lot of, of coaches, and there's a lot of good ones, and I like a, a lot of them. And, uh, but the reality was we didn't want to waste time by interviewing guys if we felt like we had a guy or two that we liked and we felt was a good fit. Um, but as we went down that road, it just didn't work for one reason or another, and then we tried to throw the net out a little wider near the end, and that's when we got some pushback. And, some guys that, that declined, you know, wanting to be interviewed. So that was the, the lesson I think I'd learned from that is uh, we had good candidates early on. Kelly was, I think, the first interview we had, and he was the first guy I thought of from the get-go uh, for the offensive coordinator job. And after that, I just wanted to make sure we did our due diligence and talk to as many people as we could and, uh, and then come down to a decision based on having a body of evidence as opposed to just one or two guys. So um, I think from the outside in, it probably looked a little rougher than it was. From an inside point of view, we felt like we had a good candidate all along in Kelly, 
and we just wanted to make sure we did a good job of visiting with as many folks as we could before we came to a decision. That's why I wanted to ask you from the inside perspective, because I think a lot of people from the outside and mainly being the Rough Rider fans felt like, oh, this guy's turning us down, or this guy doesn't yeah. want to interview with us, but you at least have to go ask the question. Yes, absolutely. Knowing that you have a guy that you really like there who happens to be a Bruce Willis doppelganger. <laughs> well, uh, with hair, with hair. Uh, Kelly's a good coach, he's been a lot of places, but you're right, from the outside, here's the thing, you... We just want to visit with people, and and uh, and if they're not interested in visiting, that doesn't necessarily mean they had the job or didn't have the job. But from the outside looking in, as soon as the word gets out that that so and so is not interested in talking with us, all of a sudden it's like they turned us down. Well, that's not always the case, and uh, you know a lot of a lot of guys are happy where they're at, and we're happy for them. Um, and a lot of times you interview people, and and the conversation is nothing more than they they're happy where they're at, and that's as far as it goes. But from the inside, I will tell you this, we felt good about Kelly from the get-go, and uh, we were never in a, in a panic mode from the inside looking out. And how do you feel about Kelly Jeffrey going into his first year being an offensive coordinator with you going into your last year on your contract? It's going to be fine. You know, everybody's in a, on a one-year deal for the most part in pro football. It is what it is. I think Kelly's got... Uh, a lot of great ideas. I think he's super keen on rolling up his sleeves and getting to work. And we're going to surround that offense with a good staff. You know, we've got a couple more hires to announce in the next few days, but we've got a good staff with proven coaches and and with a little bit of a chip on our shoulders, to be quite honest. We feel like we are a better team than what we showed last year, and we're going to work hard this year to, to, to prove some people wrong. Might Naaman Roosevelt be one of those coaches? Yeah, he's one of them. Yeah, he's going to come in and help us out. And you know, we like I said, the names have been out there already. We'll announce it when we got everybody together. But uh, we feel like we've got a good, strong staff, and we're ready to get to work. Jeffrey was pretty adamant. He was obviously asked a bunch of questions about the quarterback position. Talked about Cody Fajardo. Felt like Riders could win a Great Cup with Cody Fajardo. So where do things stand? I know you've had some communication with him. Are the yeah. Riders making a push to try to re-sign him before? Well, no. The answer is no, Justin. And but, but never say never. You know that's the one thing about free. It's not like a relationship where you break up and you just just go your separate way. The reality is we don't know who's going to be available in February, and Cody doesn't know what teams are going to be in the market for a quarterback in February. So, like it or not, we both need each other still a little bit right now. And uh, and we're gonna we'll cross the bridge when we need to. Um, there'll be guys that sign between now and the start of free agency that we maybe felt like we're gonna be there that aren't now. Um, but we've got to put a quarterback out there that can run the system Kelly wants run, and, and we'll continue to visit with Kelly and find out what that looks like. And the reality is, we want to have a veteran quarterback, whether that be Cody or one of those other guys that happens to be available. We're gonna have a veteran quarterback in camp, but not to. Not, not to have the job to compete for the job. It's going to be a competition this year. That's going to be the one difference. You'll see a lot more of a competition for jobs this year because we feel like we've got to, we've got to get better at a lot of spots, and the best way we know how to do that is to make it a competition. So fair to say from the Rough Riders' perspective, Cody would likely get to the free agent market. There's a high percentage that's going to happen, yes. And if that happens, as you said, and you come back together, then how could that all work? Because you guys were so high on him before. He was the franchise guy. He was at one point the highest paid player in the league. 
and then now the team is willing to at least go to free agency and see what's there. So yeah, I, I mean, it'll be t it'll be a little bit of a, a, a struggle, there's no doubt. But, you know, relationships are, are constantly evolving. And, and it's no different than my relationship with the club. I'm on my last year, too, right? Everybody has something to prove. And we hope that if Cody's back with us, which is a, a big maybe, He's got something to prove. He's got to, you know, he's got to want to go out there and prove that last year was a fluke, that it was a, it was an anomaly, and that he's a better quarterback than that. Just like our football team has to go out next year, Justin, and prove 2022 wasn't the Saskatchewan Rough Riders that we're all about. That we're a better team than that, and we're looking forward to proving that in 2023. And talking to Jeremy O'Day and Jason Moss, I asked them similar questions. That if you would have sat Cody after he had that initial injury to his knee. Could that have been more beneficial for him and perhaps the team? Do you look back on that decision and think maybe it could have been different? Or you're yeah, happy with yeah possibly. But here's the thing. You just got to go with what your medical people say. You know, I'm not a doctor, and nor do I claim to be or want to be. And when they say he's good to go, then you believe him and you trust him. And when Cody says, I'm good to go, then you got to trust him as well. Um, you know, the, the exception to that, I believe, is the head injury. That's where I think the coach has to be a little more cautious because those are ones that you don't want to mess around with. But something that has to do with his mobility or his throwing mechanics, if the player feels like he can play effectively and the medical staff gives him the green light, I think as a coach you, you just got to go with the information you have. One of the other big ones on offense would be Duke Williams. Do you envision him being in green and white, resigning? Don't or know. Don't know. I haven't talked to Duke lately, but I know he's got an ankle. He's got to get fixed up. Um, but when he's healthy, I mean, he's shown he can be, if not the top guy in the league, one of the top guys in the league. So we'll see where it goes. Um, you know, that's that's a decision Jeremy and I will have to make. And on the defensive side of the ball, Pete Robertson was really great for you at rush end. When he was healthy, getting after the quarterback, is he one of the priorities on defense? He's a guy we've talked to. You know, he, knows, he knows we like him and we like to get him back. So, um, you know. Hopefully Pete feels the same way about us, that we feel about him. We like him. We think he's a good football player, good in the locker room. And uh, we'll see where it goes. And, and the, the tricky part is, like you said, that at some point you got to – we got a lot of holes to fill, um, but we're going to try to fill them with our own guys as best we can before we get to the, uh, the deadline. What was that like in 2022 to go through the season now that you look back at it? There was so much talk about the Rough Riders hosting the Grey Cup and then – you had that start, I believe it was 4-1, and one, and mm -hmm. a lot of people are thinking, well, here we go again, we're going to go to the West Final and have at least a shot to get to the great yeah. How do you look at the season now that you've had a little time to digest it? You know, uh, I, I, the only thing I would say is this. I would it possibly change maybe the motivation in terms of, like, we wanted to come out of the gates fast, which we did. Then we had a couple of injuries, and we just lost our rhythm. And, and I think the one thing I, I learned from that is it's, it's such a long season, Justin, that if you, if you go too heavy in, in, in the start and, and maybe, you, maybe you hit some rough spots, maybe the guys lose a little bit of confidence. So I'm going to try my best this next season to really emphasize it's 18 games. And whether we start off 6-0 or 0-6, you still got 18 games. Now, we certainly don't want to start off 0-6, but... It's a long season, and I think maybe I put a little too much pressure on him early, and then and then when we lost confidence, we weren't able to get it back. But um, you know, every season's different. We're gonna have a lot of different faces, a lot of new faces coaching, a lot of new faces playing, and I think uh, 
I can speak for the coaching staff at least, we're really excited about getting started because we feel like we got something to prove in 2023 that we're a better team than what we finished 2022 and we're looking forward to getting out there and doing it. And I think partway through the season there were some quotes that you had about the players that you felt like were taken out of context with Three Down Nation. Yeah. So let's just get on the same page here. Yeah. I mean, we, we've talked about it, but how do you feel those quotes were dispersed, not only by us, but in the media? And what did you actually mean by that? Sure. Well, it was after the Edmonton game, and I felt like we were, after that game we were in trouble because we only had, we had four games left, I think. Three of the four were on the road. We needed, we needed to beat Edmonton at home for us to make the playoffs. We didn't. And the way we lost that game was really disheartening. So anyway, I was trying to light a fire under the team a little bit. You know, if you guys want to go down, um, you know, this is an opportunity to, to go one of two ways. You either get worse or you get better. And I was hoping we'd get better. Um, but the comments were, you know, I just didn't think we were very good at the time. I felt like we had a, the group in the room that could get better and that had the ability to get better. But that's, that's where that went. I just didn't feel like we were playing very good football at the time, and we weren't. We'd lost four or five in a row at the time. So, um, you know, I, I was doing everything I could at that time, Justin, to try to motivate the group. It, it didn't necessarily work that way, and we ended up losing our last four. And, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully uh, we can all learn from that. Um, I will say this. I'm going to be honest every time when somebody asks me what I think of of the performance of the team and the coaches, I'll be honest with you. And I just didn't think we were playing very well at that time, and that's what I expressed. That's what I think a lot of Rough Rider fans appreciate, and I know a bunch of people in the media as well, is that you're honest. If we ask you a question, and you either don't have an answer or you don't want to answer, you just flat out say, no comment. But if you have an answer, you'll give it. Where does that come from? I don't know. Sometimes I think that serves me maybe not so as well as it should. But you're right. I have a hard time. Um, I don't have a very good poker face, so if you ask me an opinion of something and I have it, I'll usually share it. Um, I don't know. I've just never been good at coming up with, with a spin or a different, different answer to try to throw somebody off. So I, I do tend to be really straightforward and to the point, and sometimes that's good. I think people respect that, but other times it can, it can uh, it cause some hurt feelings as well. So I'll try to be a little more a little more considerate when I when I express my displeasure with the team, but the reality was, pro football's a rough business. You're, you're paid to win games, you're paid to win games as a player, you're paid to win games as a coach, and if you're not, there's usually gonna be some accountability uh, involved in that. So the reality is we're, we signed up for a business where winning, winning talks, and uh, we've gotta make sure we're aware of that and committed to doing that in 2023. Let's get your honest opinion on this. What do the Riders have to do in 2023 to get back in competition to be that top team in the West into a West final in the Great Cup, yeah. based on your review of last year? We got to do a lot. We were a long ways away last year. Um, we got to get better on the offensive line, for sure. That's one. Uh, I think that's going to be, I think that's going to be the, a big part of it, Justin, because I think you'll see quarterback play improve as a result. I think you'll see uh, the flow of the offense improve as a result. So that's one. We've got to get better on the offensive line. And then two, defensively, we've got to find a way to keep quarterbacks in the pocket. I felt like early we did a great job of pressuring quarterbacks. And then as we started getting a little beat up on the D-line, I felt like uh, it affected our whole defense. So those would be the two, the two glaring points. Same philosophy I had when I came in in 19. Be good on the offensive line, be dominant on the defensive line, and then the rest usually takes care of itself. 
What's it like for you walking around Regina or even anywhere in Saskatchewan after that season? Well, you know what? Most most people are pretty good, believe it or not. You know, there's a few people that will express disappointment in how the year went. But everybody knows, like, there's two teams playing. One team wins and one team loses. And, and we do our best to make sure we're on the winning end, end of that. And just didn't happen in 2022. So um, we're going to work hard. The Saskatchewan Rough Rider fans, Rider Nation can be... Uh, Rest assured that we're going to we're going to do everything we can to put a good team out there in 2023 and do everything we can to have the best year we possibly can. Thanks for sharing your perspective on it. Enjoy shredding that pow, <laughs> as they say. Appreciate Thanks, you. my man. We'll see you. <laughs> Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.